this emphasis that we have is on prayer, just as Elena had said. We want you to pray. We want you to find special times over the course of the next 21 days that are above, above and beyond what you would usually do. And you say, Lord, I am hungry for your presence. Now, you might find that you, you have to have a new uh, uh, order to your day because you might enjoy it so much that you just don't want to go back to the old way, all right? But I, I'm hoping and I'm believing that God is going to uh, speak to this congregation. He's going to give you individual and corporate breakthroughs that we need in order to accomplish the mission that the Lord has given to us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want that to be the case. So um, do you have that, the slide? There you go. Okay. Did the video get downloaded? I, I didn't communicate with you. Yeah. No? Okay. That's fine. So uh, uh, last week I gave you this, this picture, and you could see here this picture of this uh, um, uh, volcano. And we talked a little bit about the physical things that was happening in volcanoes and how this lava is actually inside. Okay, it's not called lava in the in, inside. Okay, it's just this molten rock, melted rock, and, and it's in the inner core of our earth. And, and there's, there's layers of it, and then there's layers of rock that's on top of that and such. But this gets so hot that it creates such force that it pushes up the earth. And there's this explosion, there's this eruption, there is this breakthrough. Pretty wild that, that God has created something and put this world together sitting on a hot spot wherever you're at right now. Can you, can you imagine that? Think about that. This world is so volatile, really, but he is so much more powerful that he ordained and created something that could keep it all together all at the same time. In other words, he didn't want to destroy us, but he wants to use us. But he doesn't want us to be going out and trying to do things in our own strength. He wants us to do it with the inner power that he puts within us that is called the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for breakthrough today? Amen. Because breakthrough, I believe, is something that you've got to get hungry for. That's our, our message, our, our emphasis here today. You need to be hungry for the breakthrough, all right? The very first point is this. And that is, you will be opposed. You will be opposed if you're going to experience breakthrough. Now, how many of you can remember ever playing Red Rover, Red Rover? Justin, come on up here, if you would, please. Is that Daniel over there? Where's that? Yeah, come on up here. All right, see. Yeah, there we go. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Todd, there we go. Come on up here. Yeah, Todd, you. That's your name. <laughs> He's like, me? Hey. All right. Um, let's see someone. Uh, let, uh, can I, let me just get up here. I need to get me a team of people. John, come on up here if you would, please. There we go. Yeah, there could have been a lots of Johns, right? There we go. Okay. Um, now I need. Yeah, uh, okay. Let's see. Um... Here. Who else can we have here? How about you, Angie? Come on up here. Yeah. Yeah, Angie, come on up here. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, Elena, you come on up here, if you would, please. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. How about, uh, yeah, Jenna, you come on up here. All right, yeah. Yeah, Lee, you can come on up here, too. That's good. There we go. Come on up here. Bring the whole team, okay? <laughs> bring, 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 yeah, 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 come on up here. Here we go. Let's go. Come on up here. There we go. There we go. All right. 
I want you guys to go ahead and make a line right here. Four of you. And I want you and you. Yeah, come on over here. And you, you kind of get in the middle of them, too. Yep, the two of you. There we go. Get in the middle. The rest of you guys, you guys get in the line over here. Hold each other's hands or arms. Oh, yeah, I think it's arms, right? That's how we say. Everyone remember how to play Red Rover, Red Rover, right? We believe in getting in touch with things here today, all right? So uh, we're going to, for a moment, just take a look at the, the principles of this whole game. Now, some of you, oops, I'm sorry. Is he, he'll get that. All right. Um, you know, some of you may not be able to see and such, but does this look like some uh, fair teams? It doesn't, does it? Now, these guys are saying, come on now. Those girls are saying, don't you dare say that I'm, you know. I, we just, by virtue of size, this team looks a little bit more intimidating, right? But if you were to be picking Chris, which, and where you were going to go and you were going to run through. Now, the object of Red Rover, Red Rover, is to go ahead and break through an area. And when you break through the area, the hands that they're holding right there, then you are able to What? Take somebody else with you, right, and pull them back to your team. So, you know, that, that, that's the way that this goes. Now, Chris, if I was to ask you where it is that you think that you are going to go for first, what would you do, Chris? <laughs> yeah, really, just point it out here. Uh, uh, everyone's not, you don't have your offense mode on, right? Okay. You would go where? You'd go through the girls. Oh, my goodness. Did you hear what he said? He'd go through the girls. Because to him and his big old hulkster of a body, all right, he thinks that they would not be able to hold with their arm strength to be able to keep him and he'd be able to pull them back over. Now, the way we played, you know, Red Rover, is that you had to take one of the arms that you had, pull, uh, that you had broken through. You couldn't just take anybody that you chose. You couldn't grab the biggest person over there. And so there's a problem. Or one of the goals of Red Rover is to get everybody on your side, right? So eventually you're going to have to deal with these guys at some point or another, right? And you're thinking, wow, how, 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 when is that? Now, if you went ahead and you, you broke through the girls first, which you might be able to do, I'm not sure. <laughs> In a minute, we'll just, we'll just take a look, all right? We'll see if we can. But anyway, you know, they're nervous now, all right? But, you know, when you go ahead and if you was to go through them, you could only bring one of those girls with you. Now, are you going to be making your team a whole lot stronger by bringing those girls with you? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, all right. So if you go ahead and you come on over here and go this slow motion, okay? Yeah, just, just he's kind of got that whole $6 million man thing going on. You guys remember that? I'm going old school here for this. And he's going to kind of break through right there. Go ahead and yeah, just, uh, he's going through. Oh, uh, uh, he's, yeah. All right, now you're going to let him break through, all right? He, uh, his, there we go. He's going to go through. And he's going to pull one back, okay? Bring, bring back a, one of them with you, all right? All right, there we go. And Angie comes on over here, okay? So that's the way that works. And then you guys would have your turn. Now, Elena, do you want to go first? And <laughs> She wouldn't be able to do that. He's saying, Dad's trying to say, go through the big guys. Go through the big guys, all right? The challenge is that no matter, you know, Elena is, you know, she's strong, I'm sure, you know, and, and she probably could go over here. But if Elena gets held up, all right, that team still has got to deal with these four of the biggest guys that we have 
that's over here, right? And here's the thing. There's a spiritual red rover, I think, and there's a way in which we need to understand that we sometimes get intimidated and it'll pick off the weaker things first. Rather than dealing with some of the, the stronger, more strategic, the things that would make us as a whole a whole lot stronger. You, you know it. You know that you, you deal with the easy things first. And, 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 and this analogy has all kinds of holes in it, okay? I mean, it, there's all kinds of breakdowns that can happen. So stick with me as I try to make this, this visual for you and help you to realize that, that, that it's not wrong to pick the easy things off in life. If you're, if you're trying to eliminate debt, right, you go ahead and grab the thing that you can get rid of first. So you start small and build up to that, those types of things. So, so sorry, small. But here in this particular way, and which I want you to understand, is that if you were to go, Chris, and uh, let, let, let's see, Jenna, Jenna, all right, Jenna, you get to go ahead and come over here, and you're going to go between Justin and Daniel over there. That's the guys in the end over here. You're going to try to go through that, all right? And she's like, how many of you think that she can push and push and push, but she's going to have a hard time getting through that, right? She's pretty strong <laughs> as far as holding up that. So she would be caught here, right? So, all right, go ahead and get, just get that, jump, jump on that line. All right, there we go. There we go. But she goes, no, you didn't, come, you didn't break through. I, I determined you didn't break through, all right? So, so you got caught. You got to stay on the other side. Here the deal is, though. Jenna, go ahead and come back out of here for a moment. Jenna doesn't, and she determines she's not going to go on her own strength. But she's going to go in a strength that's from God. All right, this is, I got 22 Bibles on here, okay? This is my Bible here. It's one of them. So, but she decides to take out the word of God. And it becomes this, this, this force, this sword, the Bible says. Take that out. You've got a sword now in your hand. You take that sword to their shoulders. What begins to happen? You begin to just get, chop that thing down right in half, right? And she's able to get through. Now, what happens now is that because she's gone through the bigger, bigger force, the most, the most resistant, the most intimidating factor, she gets to pull back one of these guys with her, okay? So just grab one and comes over, all right? <laughs> there we go. And so the game many times can go on and on because there's a strategy about trying to find out. You want to get as many people as you can, but then you've got to strategically put the people who can hold things together in the right places, right, so they can't be taken, and you've got to put the strongest of people or the largest mass of people, you know, together to where you finally end up with having the most people. Here the deal is, is that many times in the body of Christ, we get intimidated and we just try to stay away from the hard things. We look at things and say, that's just too hard. Say that with me. That's just too hard. All right, you guys can be seated. Go ahead and give them a hand, all right, for a moment. Thanks. You know... There is something in a place where we need to get within a body of Christ that we need to understand. We will be opposed and it will be hard, but it's never too hard for God. It's never too hard for you if you don't go in your own strength. You can look at the most intimidating things and realize you will be opposed, but if the hunger that you have for breakthrough supersedes the fear that you have about failure, then all of a sudden you're going to experience something in the spirit realm that's going to make you stronger than you ever thought you could be. But it's up to you, amen? 
It's up to you as far as what you will choose. Now, now certainly, if you are not strong in the Lord, certainly if you don't have the sword of the Spirit, we're going to talk about in a few moments, all right, then it's going to be a little bit intimidating for you to go against some of the biggest obstacles that are there. But yesterday or last week, I talked about how breakthrough, and especially on, on Wednesday night, we came together and we prayed for breakthrough. We said that the, the breakthrough is really a militaristic type of term. You know, you can experience breakthrough through the weak spots or you can break through. But what kind of breakthrough that we're talking about is where you go through the strong spots to where you go through where the enemy is really trying to keep things bound up. And you go after what he has stolen from you. Some of us find ourselves, like I said, wanting to do the easy thing. Some some individuals have come to me and said, Pastor, Can you tell me, can I still do this and be saved? Whatever this is. Can I still go here? Can I still watch this? Can I still listen to this? Can I still, you know, hang out with this? What can I, can I, can I, can I do that? Whatever. And there's a whole list of ideas and questions that people have about what they can do. What are they actually saying to me when they ask that question? Someone go ahead and be, you know, just venture out there, all right? Stumble over yourself. He's just like, oh, my goodness, I may have asked that question before. He, he's, but I just want to talk about your mindset, about where we're at, okay? We're worried and concerned about what? Protecting our salvation, but I think we got it wrong in asking the question. When rather we should be saying, what can I do to make me stronger Rather than what can I do that will stop me from becoming weaker? Hello? What can I do? Because we give way to the carnality that we have in there and say, I know that this probably, by the virtue of the question, you're already pondering and thinking for a moment, this might be a gray area. This might be something that could take me out or we can. Can I still do this? It's like walking down the Grand Canyon, okay, and trying to get as close as you can to the side of the edge there without falling over, okay? Now, I am a risk taker. I like adventure. But I'll tell you what, when I seen the way that those mules, those pack horses, came up to the side of the cliff in, in Grand Canyon, and they're up, you're up there on the back of this horse, That made me a little bit more intimidated, all right? So much so, I didn't do it. (laughs) I didn't do it. I mean, it's an animal. There's no guarantees that this thing doesn't get spooked. You know what I'm saying? I'll make decisions when I'm in charge, all right, about the adventure that I'm going to do. But anyway, the, the fact of the matter is, what are we going to do? We ask sometimes the wrong questions. What we're really looking for is the easy route. We're looking so that we can kind of still be saved, but still not miss out on the things that the so-called life or the world has to offer. Now, that may be an unfair assessment in some situations. Some people are just truly asking, is this good for me? I'm not, if someone's saying, is it good for me to watch whatever? Is it good for me to, to say this or eat this or, you know, whatever it is? You, th- that's an okay question. But when we say, can I still do this and still be saved? I wonder what's really going through our minds. You see, when we break through the enemy's force of strength, 
We serve notice to the kingdom of darkness who they're messing with. Some people make the mistake and paint this picture in their minds that, that the enemy has got some of the same powers that, that God has. Can I tell you something? God is so far removed from the power source in the equation and what the enemy has. God is omniscient. Do you know what that means? It means he's all-knowing. There's nowhere in the word of God where you'll find that the devil is all-knowing. And yet, guess what? We act like he is. The thing is, the only thing the enemy knows is whatever you tell him. Or what he's seen played out in history because we're just like other men, other, just like other women. You know what I'm saying? So, so here's the thing. You can be different. You can go ahead and say, devil, this may have worked on people in the past, but this ain't working on me. This scam, this trick, this strategy, the, the, you, you are not going to take me. But, but you know what? The moment you let it come out of your mouth, and you start to share about how scared that you are. And how you're just so tired and you're so weak and, and you know, you're really fight, tired of the battle. You're not realizing you're not hungry enough for the breakthrough. You will be opposed. Get ready for it. That saddens some people. You can go some other places and they'll just tell you, you know why? You just wish it all away. <laughs> Think happy thoughts. Right? I mean, someone goes so far as to give you partial ingredients to success and, you know, just find a favorite scripture verse and just kind of say that one, you know, over and over again. Or, or you know, the way that faith is increased is, is you just keep on saying, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith. Can I tell you something? Faith doesn't come from your own being. Faith comes to you because he gives you faith. And faith comes by hearing the word, right? And so you hear the word and you begin to practice the word. It begins to become part of you because it's not black and white print on pages. The word is alive. He is active. He is sharper than any two-edged sword. He is the word. Jesus is the word. And, and when you start to understand that, then we start to live differently. The scripture verse I want to point out to you is this. And it's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And it should be there on the screen, yes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. <laughs> I can't see the heavenly realms. Come on, Lord, help me out here. Come on, you, sometimes you... Do you feel a little inept sometimes at some of the battles and some of the confidence that the Lord has in you? Listen, I'd rather just sometimes fight some flesh and blood. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I could see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I can size someone up and I could say, all right, I'm going to have to hit them low. I'm going to have to hit them high. You know what I'm saying? There's a strategy. Here sometimes in the spirit realm, we're not quite sure about how to go about this, you know, and not sure how long we have to keep going on, how long we have to keep praying. We, we, we're not, we can't see them wearing down. <laughs> but he says, therefore, I got a, he's got a plan for us. 
Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. After you've taken blow, 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 boom. He said, just get back up. Do the rocky thing. Come on. Get back in there. Stand there. Get ready. Because after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth. There's a little bit of equipping that's starting to happen right now, okay? The belt of truth. You start to understand something, and you start to understand this, that guess what? All things work together, right? For those who are called according to his purpose and those in whom he loves. That's truth. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world, right? That's truth. The belt of truth. All of a sudden you realize, hold it. There's a greater force in me. I mean, that's just one of this, one of the what we usually re- recognize as the defensive weapon. All right. But but with the breastplate of righteousness in place, you understand your standing with Christ. You got this breastplate of righteousness on. He has looked at you and says, you know what? You're in right standing, not because of what you've done, but because of what my son has done. Look at the second. Go ahead. Next slide there. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, ready to go wherever he's to- told you or tells you to go. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. All those doubting flaming arrows are extinguished. Why were they flaming arrows? Because they took and had wooden shields. They soaked them in water and the flaming darts would come and they'd be extinguished. That was the picture that they had, all right, what's going on in their minds. And he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. And, oh yeah, pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, I don't have time to go into all of this, but as Pentecostals here at this church, if you're a guest here, I'll let you know, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit for are still for the church today. Now, that happens in public worship, but it also happens in the private world. We believe that His Spirit indwells us, all right, with the second work of grace after salvation, and we get filled, and He makes us powerful. He makes us, in a sense, power to be bold, to be witnesses, to be, to, to be encouraged when we face these uh, these. Uh, enormous um objections to what we what god has for us all right when the, the, the weapons come against us we believe that that god has made us greater this power all right is within us and we believe in praying in the spirit we see praying in the spirit well what's that mean he doesn't say pray led by the spirit because there, anybody can do that but those who are filled with the spirit can pray in the spirit can speak in a, in a heavenly language now you're like, oh, no, I, yep, I've been coming here to church. I've been checking it out. I don't know now about this. I, you know, listen, I want to tell you something. I pray in the spirit every single day, every single day, because when I pray in the spirit, my mind may not all the time know what I'm praying, but his spirit prays through me. I don't have the answers to some of life's challenges. That's beyond me. But when I pray in the spirit, I do. Now I want to tell you something. The spiritual warfare that I'm talking about is a little intimidating. There are some things and there's some crazy outside of the box 
not imbalanced ideas whatsoever. There's some ideas that people will have when you're talking about spiritual warfare that you better watch out. You know, this particular, I, I don't want to offend anybody if you've done this before or whatever like that, but it was going around, you know, the church world before. Get something from China. If you get something from China, it's made in China, you need to get rid of it. You need to throw everything out of your house It's made in China. Because they pray curses over that stuff. Okay? Now here, let me tell you something. It's probably happening. But what power does a curse have over a person who's confident in whom they are in Christ? Hello? Stuff made in Taiwan. So, I mean, listen, there are some times where you're going to be faced with the reality of a, of a, of a com- confrontation that you're going to have with the kingdom of darkness. And you need to fight that battle in the way in which the spirit leads you in that moment. But you can't make an ironclad statement that because someone figured out and someone was praying a prayer over some type of a product that they were making, that you should never have anything from a particular country. or You should never go here or do this or those types of things. Listen. When, you, when the information is given to you, you deal with it. But we don't walk around with fear. The devil is real, all right? There's spirits that are out there. But guess what? You're not walking around in fear because some devil's going to jump on your shoulder when you go around the corner. That's not the confidence that you have. The confidence that you have is that you've got to go forward in his name and realize that, that he, the Holy Spirit within you, this fight you're fighting is real, but you don't have to be afraid. Now, here's the deal. Some of us want to slip into the defense mode. We want to kind of circle up the wagons and stay in the defense mode until Jesus comes back, right? Not lose anybody. We just, we just kind of all stand together. But he hasn't called us to do that. Instead, he says this in, in Matthew chapter 28, go. Now, go don't sound like too much defense, right? Go is offense. He says, Go and make disciples of all nations. Listen, he says in 1 John 5, 19, in the world, there lies in the power of the evil one. He has power. You will be opposed. But greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Listen, our mission is to liberate those that the devil has taken captive to do his will. Sometimes they don't even know that they're doing his will. So your struggle is not against them. Listen, when you start to get irritated at the people in the world because of the senseless, crazy, chaotic, dysfunctional things they do, how about instead that we let the Spirit of God swell up within us and we begin to pray that the Spirit that's controlling them, the Spirit that's influencing them, that that will be broken off. Amen? Jesus looked at the crowds with compassion and they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's His mode. That's the way He operates. That's the way He works. Listen, we can, go, we can talk about politics all day long, governmental issues and things like that, and we can make enemies left and right. But the fact of the matter is, the one who's not an enemy with you is the one who is saying, God is my, my king. He, Jesus Christ is my Lord and he's my savior. You know, That's the people we've got to get on the same page with. We can have different ideas about other things, but listen, God is working something that will cause for us to be able to gain ground back when we start to understand what he's doing. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? How does this all come into play, this, this whole idea of, uh, uh, of this, this praying and fasting? Where do we get that from? Well, you could very easily go to the Internet or Google or go to any of the concordances and things like that, and you could look up fasting and see all the different experiences and encounters and times when it's happened in the Word. 
I'm going to isolate and just give you one from Daniel chapter 10. All right, and it's a particular occasion. I'm, I don't have it up on the screen or anything, but I, I'm just going to kind of give it to you and uh, just summarize. Daniel gives us a, a brief glimpse of what is going on, and he's, in, he's had this dream about a war that's going to be taking place. And he's in this battle. Daniel is, you know, he was the one who was thrown in the lion's den. He was the one, you know, the, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's around that same time, and, and, and the, 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 the three guys are thrown in the furnace, you know, and we're not sure exactly where he was at at that time, but we, we do know that he was around in the area, and we find that he, he, he prayed. He says, Lord, we need deliverance. I need direction. I need you to show me what to do next. And he started to get a little bit bent out of shape. Any of you ever asked God for something and you're like, okay, God, where are you at? A few of us. Daniel was having a conversation and he says, uh, verse number seven of Daniel chapter 10, he said, I, Daniel, I was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep and my face to the ground and a hand touched me. And this person said to him, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you, for I have now been sent to you. And then he continued. He said in verse number 12, do not be afraid. All right, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the Vision concerns a time yet to come. You can look back and you can see in the history of this one when, when Daniel was there and, and he had asked the, the, the person who was in charge of uh, making sure that they become strong and knowledgeable and, and, and he had said, you know what, uh, we don't want to eat from any of the food that's been offered to sacrifices, so just go ahead and give us uh, the, 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 not the, the stuff from the king's table, all right? We don't want the sweets. We don't want the, the breads, the, the, the leaven stuff. We don't want any of that. Uh, we, we don't want any meat. We're just going to exist on, on fruits and vegetables, basically. And when he did that, it was like, no way. The person who was in charge of, of taking care of him said, you know what, you can't do that. You'll be weak, and I'll get in trouble because I'm responsible for making sure that you stay strong. He says, how about this? We go ahead and do this, and we'll see who's stronger at the end of the period of time. And sure enough, they were stronger at the end of the period of time. Those who ate, not from the king's table, but 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 were sustained not only because of his fruits and vegetables, but I believe because God sustained them. God made them stronger. I'm not proposing to you a diet. I'm not proposing that we all become uh, vegans or anything like that, you know, and, and vegetarians and, and things. But, you know, I like my meat. I love my burgers, all right, you know. But, but the thing is, is that we are living in a day and time when food has, has controlled us. To the point where we think that we cannot live without certain things. And it's made us weak. And we choose lesser battles. 
And right now, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not trying to. Here's the here's what I want you to know. Whether you do the Daniel fast or not is, for 21 days is irrelevant to me. That, that's not it. But what I want you to answer the question of is, what in my world am I willing to show that I'm denying the flesh with? And that should be, I think, with some food item, okay? Because there's no other scriptural proof that we have for fasting and taking place except for the denial of food. And so I don't care if you do it for 21 days or you do a meal, uh, one meal per day for 21 days. Or All I'm saying to you is, what could you do that says, you know what? You don't own me. You don't control me. You're going to see here that it, in, the, in the word, I'm going to show you how important it is. See, it was 21 days ago that Daniel cried out to God and said, hey, God, you know what's going on here? And now the angel of the Lord comes and he reports back and says, hey, we heard you the very first time. We were making a move, but there was this fight in the terrestrial realm. There was a fight in the spirit realm that was detaining. It was stopping some things. But because of your prayers and because you didn't give up and because you continue to believe God, the forces that was going to change things, was going to turn things around, they were being released. And, 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 and guess what? Can you get this? Now, I don't know why. It's going to be a big question I have for him. Lord, why would you allow for our prayers to count so much? I mean, when you could just do whatever you wanted to do. I got partial answer of it because I think it's, it demonstrates our dependency upon him. But he said some things would not happen unless we pray. It won't happen unless you pray. It won't happen unless you fast. It won't happen until you get hungry enough. Amen? Hungry for the things of God. I'm, I, I want to tell you something. There are some times in which I'm asking the Lord, I'm saying, Lord, I feel like we're either the only church or, or you know, kind of like, 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 like Daniel or like Elijah was at one particular time. There's just so few of us. Lord, can we really make a difference with such a few amount of us really being dedicated to the Lord? We feel alone. And I read about some shipbuilders back in the days of sailboats, and, and they would prepare their mast for the ships. And the way in which they did that is they would go into the forest and they would find an appropriate tree. Then they would clear out all the trees that were surrounding that particular tree and leave it exposed to the winds and the storms that was going to grow up, all right? And as the tree continued to mature, it would gain strength, the kind of strength that was necessary in order to withstand being the center post for a sail. But without the storms, without the, the barrenness that was being out there. So listen, sometimes you may feel alone. Sometimes you may feel uh, you know, deserted. You may feel like, like, does God even know what's going on? It could be, and it probably is because the word says it is, that when you are experiencing trials, that it is for your good. Because as long as you continue to feed on him, as long as you continue to get hungry for him it makes you stronger as long as you start and continue to rely upon him and not horses and chariots but realize that your help comes from the lord guess what that's when the enemy has no answers he has no answers for that church listen i want to tell you something when god moves it makes the devil mad all right no doubt i mean every time that god moves 
The, the, the devil will try to do a, a counterpunch. But I want to tell you something, that the domain of darkness has nothing over God. If you're encountering opposition, it's more than likely that you are experiencing and right close to a breakthrough moment in your life. There's some people who are just so tired of bad news. I said, you need to have bad news in the right perspective. Bad news, many times, is just the revelation of something that has already happened. It's not anything new many times when you're getting information. Do you know what I'm talking about? Many times, and we get sad all over about something that has already happened. When we aren't, when what, what God is really doing is that when you get bad news, there's a revelation of something that you can do something about. There's a revelation that you could pray into something. There's a revelation that you could support somebody. There's a revelation that you can be able to do something where you couldn't do it before, before you had the knowledge of the bad news. So if we went on the offense, we got to the point where we quit being so irritated with bad news and realized that things are coming into the light are really an opportunity for us to get involved in the battle. For us to grab a hold of someone by the arm, be able to hold on and say, you know what? You may feel weak in and of this by yourself, but here's the thing. I'm going to help you. I'm going to stand there by your side. I, I, I hate when things go wrong. I hate it too. <laughs> but it's trying to take captive the thoughts that try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Those things that try to make me walk around hanging my head low, kicking in the dust, and not making any difference at all. You will be opposed. Second point is this, and I only have two today. Determination is a must. Determination is a must. It is not the only thing that will break through, okay? Prayer, absolutely. Reliance upon the Holy Spirit. But if you don't have determination first, then you don't do anything. There's some people who literally think that when they get saved, they think that God's just going to kind of come in and going to take all the desires away, you know, that you have for the things of the flesh. How many of you know that it, it, it just doesn't work that way? What it starts with is a desire that you have to want to bring more glory and honor to him and attention to him than you want to do for yourself. And you realize because it's been illuminated to you that guess what? When I do things his way rather than my way, it always goes better for me. So the Apostle Paul was so frustrated, right? Come on. He was so frustrated when in, in Romans 7 he talks about, he says, I'm so challenged. Here I am, a writer. I'm an apostle. I mean, and he hadn't put all the New Testament, the two-thirds of it that he wrote together by this time, but, but he was noted as a leader in the church. He says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, well unto me, he says, what a wretched man I am. But you know what Paul pulled back the veil on and let us be able to see? Is that he had a desire, he had a determination to do what was right. You may fail over and over again, but something happens when you get determined. Something happens when you say, I want to please you. I want to bring glory and honor to you. I want you to be first. I want you to be lifted up. The enemy would come to you and say, you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a follower of God. Don't you know the true followers of God? They don't struggle with that stuff. 
Some of that stuff, you've got to go after the hard stuff, all right? You've got to go after it. You've got to get serious about it. You've got to get determined about it. I don't want to try to give you a clothesline list of all the things that you should and shouldn't be involved in. I believe the Word of God has given us those things, all right? He even talks about the things we should think on. Philippians 4, 7, and 8, right? Think on things that are what? Lovely, pure, noble, virtuous, of good report. I think you guys have read that before, right? Think on these things. He tells you what to do. Listen, there's some of us who, who just, you know, you don't understand how inconsistencies really mess things up. But if you had a car and it only started out one out of every three times, how many of you would think that you would really fall in love with that car? It would drive you crazy, wouldn't it? You wouldn't call it consistent. How many of you know that if the postman skipped delivery every Monday and Thursday, is he trustworthy? No. If you don't go to work once or only once or twice a month, how many of you know that your employer won't consider you to be reliable? How about if your fridge it stops working for a day or two every now and then? <laughs> Come on, everyone who's felt that pain say, Ooh. oh. But you could say, oh, it works most of the time. <laughs> It's a new commercial going on, right, on, on TV. I don't know if you've seen that, but you know what? They, they just show up and do things, you know, part of the time. And you know, I, think, I think I've seen the one was a tattoo artist. And the, and the person sitting in a chair getting ready to get something done, and he says, are you good? So I'm okay. <laughs> what? What do you mean are you okay? Well, <laughs> most of my work turns out okay. Most of your work. What am I getting at? Here's what I'm getting at. We expect loyalty and reliability from other people and other things. Don't you think that God could at least expect loyalty of determination from us? That we wouldn't give up? You may be weak in your ability to, to be able to carry through with some things, but I am convinced of this, that if you get determined, if you get determined and you say, I'm more hungry for the things of God than anything else. And I'm willing to do whatever it is that God lays upon my heart to do. And if it's fasting one meal a day for the next 21 days, guess what? I can do that. If it's taking out, if it's doing the total Daniel fast, guess what? God will give me that strength to be able to do it. I've never done that before, you might say. I've never just eaten vegetables and, and fruit and, you know, uh, for, for 21 days, Pastor? What about protein? What about well, there's all kinds of uh, of resources that we have for you for that. You, there's it, when you go out the door today, we're giving you a a, a little bit of a, a piece of paper, and it, and it will have some websites that you can go to and an answer some more questions. You can Google all kinds of stuff. You can see vegetarian diets and such. It's 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 amazing what you can eat and how you can live if you truly want to do this. Now I got to get to this po this point here because I'm running out of time. All right, but <laughs> when you abstain from food. You regain your mastery of the flesh. Really? Why do you say that? Think about the very first sin. Think about it for a moment. What was it? 
There obviously could have been other things that they could have done that was wrong, right? But no, it had to do with eating. <laughs> Pretty amazing, isn't it? Don't eat from anything else here in the garden, but don't eat from this tree, tree of knowledge of good and evil. But guess what? Eve and Adam couldn't take it. And they were mastered by their flesh. They're mastered by the desire that swelled up within them. And they partook of it. And from that point on, sin entered into all of humanity. God did not prohibit Adam and Eve from interacting with any part of his creation. He commanded them to be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. Do whatever you need to do, but don't eat from this tree. And guess what? They ate. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, there is a devil out there. There is an opposition who's trying to get you to do things that will bring glory and honor to yourself or just please the desires of your flesh. And you need to say, you know what? Uh Uh-uh, I'm more determined to bring glory and honor to God. I'm more determined because I realize it may not satisfy this, this taste buds. It may not satisfy this desire that I have, the cravings of the flesh. But one thing it will do is it'll bring glory and honor to him. And what will happen when I do that? that is that I'm going to start to be infused with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit because I'm reading from his word. I'm spending time in his presence and there's a permeation that's taking place in and out of me. Okay, he's not only all right. He's not just in there to stay. You're not just the house. You're just not the tent that's there. He's permeating out of you. And so the words that you say will be his words. The thoughts that you have will be his thoughts. Amen. The prayers that you pray will be his prayers. Why? Because you spent time with him. Are you determined to do so? Are you determined to say, I got to do this? Go, go to the next scripture verse, if you would, please. Luke 18, 1 says, keep praying and don't lose heart. You mean, even if I pray for all 21 days, Pastor, and I fast and I don't see what I'm asking him for to actually become a reality, should I still keep praying? Yes, keep praying and don't lose heart. It's so important for us. Praise team, come if you would, please. To realize the common ground that we all are. Adam and Eve, Adam was made of the dirt of the earth and Eve was made from his rib still part of the dirt it's the remnant we're all considered to be earthen vessels but what makes us special is the holy spirit within us you're not special if you don't have him within you you're just ordinary you're just dirt like everything else if you want to be special if you want to be god honoring and glorifying then we've got to get him to be ruling and reigning on the inside of us amen And the only way we do that is we recognize the enemy doesn't want us. He's going to do everything he can to stop it from happening. And then we get determined to do something different about it. Bow your heads with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we come here today. And we recognize, Lord, that you've got so much more in store for us than what we can even envision at times. The very thing that Daniel was seeking you for was about insight with regards to the dream 
that he had. Lord, I want it to be said of us here at Central. You are the air we breathe. (laughs) That we're desperate for you. Lord, we wouldn't let the affairs of this world slow us down. But we'd realize that we're citizens of heaven first. Holy Spirit, we want breakthroughs. We've got to get hungry for you. Hungry for more of you. Jesus, move. Move in our lives, I pray. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed and you're here today. I'm not sure of your financial state or your, uh, your financial, I'm not sure of your spiritual state. Here's what I do know. If you have sin in your life and the Holy Spirit pulls back the veil and makes you feel embarrassed for a little bit because you know better. But you've opened up the door and you're participating in things, desires of the flesh. There's forgiveness for you. He says, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You're a candidate for the full armor of God. But if you bury your head in the sand and you don't deal with it, you only will be further alienated from him. You're choosing to take the easy road and it won't even get you to where you want to be. So confess that to him. In these next few moments, confess that sin to him. Say, Lord, take it away. I'm determined. I want to live for you. I want you to help me. I want you to strengthen me. I can't do it in my own strength. And he says, okay, let's make the plan. We're going to do it. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And we're, just, we're just having personal reflection time right now. Whatever it may be. Jesus, flow. Work through us, I pray.